This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast, and I am your host for this week's episode, Paul Jaisley, filling in for Mike Rappin. But I'm not alone, of course. I am joined by two wadded-up pieces of wrapping paper left under the couch after the frenzied present-opening madness of Christmas morning. Kate Lamphere. Hello. And Zach McCreary. Happy holidays, y'all. Yes. Uh, so full disclosure, this episode is airing a few days after Christmas, but we recorded it weeks in advance because we want to enjoy the time, holiday time with our family. So did this in advance and we're not doing a full regular episode. We're doing a little mini episode. And uh, as such, we decided to sh- change things up a little bit and do a non-comic book themed episode. Over the years, we've had listeners ask you know, to know more about us, the commentators, co-hosts and contributors. So we thought maybe we'll pull behind the curtain to let you know what other things we enjoy besides comics. Also want to make a note that this is the very last episode of IRCB for the year 2023. Thank you everyone for making it one of the most successful years so far. Honestly, couldn't do without the listeners. So thank you again uh, for tuning in, Patreon supporting, joining the Discord. Y'all are great. So all that out of the way, you know, this was Kate's idea, I think, to do an episode that was kind of focused on things that we enjoyed other than comics. Because again, people were kind of curious. So Instead of like listening to me ramble even more, I'm going to kind of open up the discussion, do a little roundtable discussion about things we enjoy in comics, why we talk about them, um, and why we enjoy them. So uh, let's start with you, Kate, since it was your sort of theme. Yeah, so I read um, constantly, I think, and uh, comic books is only a small part of that. I I work at a desk all day. Most of my job is very visual, so I actually listen to audiobooks like all of the time or podcasts. And um, I usually I was looking at my Goodreads account the other day and I was like, am I reading three books right now? And yeah, sometimes that (laughs) happens because one of them is a long comic and one of them is whatever I'm listening to for work. And then one of them might be like a nonfiction audio book or some kind of anthology that I listen to for like a drive or a walk or something, you know, like something like that. Um, so yeah, um, I listen to comics a lot or wow, I don't listen to comics, <laughs> although there are, there are audio adaptations of comics, which is very cool, sure. but yeah. I use, um, I, I, I think I use Libby from the library the most to listen to audiobooks. but I think at one time I had six apps on my phone just wow. for audiobooks. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. I didn't realize there were six apps for audiobooks. Yeah, I mean, once you get into the, like your your paid audiobook apps, like like um, Libro FM, which will support your local bookstore, and then your your multiple library apps, Hoopla and Libby, maybe you've got um, Cloud Library in there. If you have another library, look, it's a problem. Wow. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I had I had no idea. I'm I'm also an audiobook fanatic. Okay. Might as well just throw that in there. I I'm the same <laughs> way. I uh I have a long commute to and from work every day. It gives me a lot of time for podcasts and and audiobooks and especially because of the fact that all I do is read comics because I do comic podcasts. So I haven't <laughs> had a chance to read a novel in forever because all my extra reading time is just comics, you know. And yeah. so th- audiobooks are like the only way that I can keep up with my other habit or, you know, my other reading habits, <laughs> which is, you know, it's still fun. It's a, I, I do miss holding a book and watching the pages flip by, you know, but at the same time, it keeps me alive while I drive to work. Yeah. I do read in print 
other than comics also, but like a lot less. Like it's definitely mm-hmm. like I, I can't I can't get to sleep and so I'm gonna pick up a print book or something. But like I definitely collect print books. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That so I'm always kind of fascinated by the audiobook stuff because I've never done it and I, I've never tried, but I don't think it would work for me because even when I listen to podcasts, I'm always doing that while I'm doing something else. And I always have to like, you know, skip back every 50, like 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Like, oh, I missed something. Like, why are they laughing? Like, I always miss punchlines and stuff. So I feel like, is, is that something you run into in audiobooks? Are you finding yourself zoning out, having to go back? Because look, sometimes I, my attention span is yeah. very short. Even when I'm reading uh, a non-comic, I have to reread the same paragraph a couple of times. I'm afraid yeah. I would do the same thing audio wise <laughs> if I listen to audiobook. When I'm working, I'm definitely like my attention is split. So I've, so when I'm working, I listen to things like, I don't know, like romantic comedy type books or like simpler sci-fi books or something fantasies um, or something that I've read before um, that I'm already familiar with but yeah I I do especially if I'm like looking forward to like all oh, these characters have to talk about this eventually <laughs> and I, and then yeah if my attention is split then I'm like oh I gotta rewind because I, I have to know <laughs> what exactly <Totally>. was said <laughs> Yeah. yeah, my okay. my old job, I listen to audiobooks all day long, and I, I a lot of times I wind up re-listening to them because it's just so much easier to do than to reread a book, you know, manually, sure. quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, but like I, I've done I've done the um like the Wheel of Time series twice because wow. there's just so much and you can miss so much while you're working. So you know when you go back through, you just get to pick up new things that maybe you didn't. Mm-hmm really weren't really paying attention to the first time through you know hmm. yeah I, I was gonna say i could definitely relate to the um you know finding time to read things other than comics i have a hard enough time staying up with comics i like so yeah Same. You know, my thing yeah. you know i used to read so much and i've definitely settled into a habit where if i'm not reading comics i'm basically reading like a music biography of or autobiography that's about all else i read and those those are kind nice. of something that same thing where it's like I can enjoy it. It's not like a super in-depth story. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it's like a nice break from like a heavy fictional sort of story. So that's kind of where I'm at these days. So, yeah. I'm hoping Santa brought me uh, the new Lou Reed biography because that was on my list. So we'll see. Uh, nice. Maybe we're reading that soon. What about you, Zach? Uh, what's something other than comics that you're uh, passionate about? Um, well, this one is, I have to start with this because other than comic books, I think all the people that know me think of me when I when it comes to pro wrestling is uh, <laughs> I've I've been watching pro wrestling since I was pr- probably since I was born because my mom <laughs> was a diehard wrestling fan her whole life. And so I was raised watching not just WWF slash WWE, but like my my mom was all about all of the various territories because I was an early 80s kid. So some of them still <laughs> existed. So I was I was raised watching like I know you're going to know what I'm saying here. I know I don't know that Kate will, but uh, <laughs> but like watching Crockett promotions and WCCW <laughs> and USWA and like my mom got a hold of everything. And so I got wow. really exposed all over the place and so, I mean, even today, because of that, I, I don't like have a loyalty to any company. So I, <laughs> I I watch all wrestling, which is impossible nowadays because there's so much. Exactly. So nowadays I mostly just keep up on what's going on in each promotion and watch the best matches and or promos that are happening, you know, that kind of stuff. But I still sure. love it. I love it. 
Well, it's funny because that's on my list of things too to talk about because I'm a huge wrestling fan. I don't have quite the history that you do with it, Zach, but it's something that I definitely remember as a kid. I grew up a Hulkamaniac. I mean, I think my first Hell exposure yeah. probably was the rock and wrestling cartoon. So, I mean, but I, but nice. even as a kid, I kind of like Roddy Piper more than Hogan. So <laughs> I was already a heel. <laughs> Means but uh, a hot rod, you can't go wrong. Exactly. And I loved Andre and all that stuff. So I was a pretty casual fan. I mean, I was a fan right at the perfect time when that was all going on, the first WrestleMania. Growing up in Michigan, knowing about WrestleMania 3, even though I was quite young at the time, I still knew about it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was in high school, like my senior in high school is when the Attitude Era was going on. So it's like I was at the perfect time to get back into it a little bit. And then like maybe about 10 years ago, I kind of got back in even more passionately than I ever was as a kid. So it's kind of fun to go back and watch older stuff now, you know, it's all new to me now. So it's like, I never watched WCW when I was younger. I was a WWF guy. So I go back and watch that. And like, do you think this is my experience? Like wrestling is something that kind of like comics, most people have an idea of what it is, but when you kind of dig deeper, it's a lot more complex and interesting than what people assume. Right. Oh, absolutely. One, 100%. Because to someone outside of comics, when they think of comic books, all they think of is like, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, you know, like they think of like the surface level superhero stuff. Most people don't realize what you can get out of the comic book world. And I feel like it is. It's it's the exact same with pro wrestling because there are so many different kinds of pro wrestling, so many different Mm -hmm. styles from all over the world and and so many different variations of storytelling that happen within wrestling. You know, even in just American wrestling, you can get comedic wrestling you can get really serious hardcore stuff you can get technical wrestling for Mm -hmm. people that maybe like mixed martial arts and stuff like that it's all over the place there is a spectrum and man like when i feel like if someone pays and if someone is willing to pay attention and maybe watch with someone who is really into it and that person's willing to explain that Mm -hmm. they would have they would come away with a new respect for it that they didn't have before because I do oh, think that a lot of people still think of it as kind of like play like like soap operas for dumb people. I feel I really feel like a lot of people <laughs> sure. think of pro wrestling like that. And it's it's not. Yeah. So how many hours of TV a week do you have to watch to keep up with your stories? <laughs> that would be impossible. Like, okay. There's so yeah. much yeah. now. There's so mm-hmm. much. Because I watched like I know you do too, like Japanese mm-hmm. wrestling too. On top yeah, of that, yeah. and their shows can be like eight hours long sometimes. Oh it's gosh. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a weird double-edged sword because on one hand, we're living in a point where you can pretty much watch any wrestling that's happening via mm-hmm. streaming, you know, or old wrestling that was recorded thirty years ago is now available to you, and it's a it's like that um that Twilight Zone sketch where it's just like our story where like the guy where uh, Burgess Meredith finally like has all the time in the world to read and he steps on his glasses. It's like, all right, I can watch all the wrestling that's <laughs> ever been, but I also need to like have a job and live a life. So I actually can't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I wish, I, I wish that the internet existed like, like it is now when I was like 12. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When that's all I could do was just watch wrestling. So yeah, yeah. I got, I, th- I, I totally agree. I think that's something that when I got back into it, you know, I immediately gravitated toward, Brian Danielson became my favorite wrestler. And that was kind of nice because he was already in WWE at that point. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, this is kind of like inside baseball for people that don't <laughs> watch wrestling. <laughs> but but uh, I got to like see him at like, you know, when he's getting very popular. So I was able to kind of go back and see the first 10 years of his career on the independent circuit. And I kind of really fell in love with the idea of like independent, smaller promotions. And like to me, 
I'll go to local shows at the VFW hall or something like that here in, in, in Grand Rapids and around the state. And it's like, to me, it's like the most punk rock thing. There's it really spoke to like the, the Heck music yeah. fan punk rock. And they were just like, here's some people, they rented a hall, they put up a ring, they're going to have some wrestling and it's people doing it for the love of it. And I like, that to me is the most special thing. So I always, I've got my list of matches I'll show to like new people I'm trying to introduce wrestling to. You know what I mean? But for me, it's like, we can watch those, but when you go see it live, that's when you'll probably get it, you know? Yeah. I love indie wrestling. I was just at one last weekend, actually, nice. around here. Yeah, that's that's the best. And I, I've, I've always loved going to independent shows because you get to see these wrestlers and you get the chance to talk to them and get to know them. Some, You know, like, if you go to a lot of shows and then suddenly they're in the WWE and you can be like, I'm so happy for that guy. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's super cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think this is not going to turn into a whole wrestling episode. We're going to no, wrap we it up soon. No <laughs> way. But yeah, I, I, it something, I do think it's something that, you know, for people that kind of like love comics, especially, it's like a very similar experience, I think. So 100. Uh, um, very quickly, give me like top three favorite wrestlers. Oh, my uh, Sting, the Great okay. Muda, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of a tie between Triple H and CM Punk. Nice. All right. Yeah. All right. How about you? Uh, well, obviously the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, uh, number one. I'll go. Um, I'll go Terry Funk for a legend, and then Funker. I Hiroshi Tanahashi. I've been able to see him live a few times. He's one of the few wrestlers I actually get like like fanboyish excited to see in person. Is Hiroshi Tanahashi? I met him. I yeah. met him, and he and he let me hold the IWGP World Championship for a picture together. I was wow. ridiculously fanboy. Okay, we should we should move <laughs> on. <laughs> Kate, anything to add before we wrap up the pro wrestling discussion? I have Who's never your watched favorite wrestler, pro Kate? Wrestling, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I smell another mini episode where we show you some wrestling. And you can, okay. uh, can respond and see if we can make you a fan. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I had pro wrestling. I had my pro wrestling on my list of things that I enjoy, but I think other than that, yeah, I've talked about it a little bit on the show, maybe talked about it on discord if you follow along over there, but I'm a huge music nerd. When I uh, graduated high school, I got to work in a record store for a few years. And it's kind of when I started getting away from comics. I mean, I read comics. I was a teenager and younger, but like when I got into music, that's where all of my uh, income kind of went instead. So I you know, started buying at that point is buying a lot of CDs. And then since then, over the past few years, I've finally been in a place where I'm not constrained financially or physically. So I can actually build up my record collection that I've always kind of want to, wanted to have. So that's kind of my other passion other than comics. I love going to record stores. Anytime I go to a new city or visit someplace, I have to find a record store to go to. And I love buying old records, just like I love digging through dollar bins at comic shops. It's kind of a similar experience. Like you never know what you're going to find. And finding something that someone else listened to and loved, I really love that. Like if I go to a used record store... Sometimes I'll come out with a big stack of records of stuff I've been wanting and stuff I really love. And I'll get home and I notice like somebody put their initials on all the records. And it's like, oh, I've got like five records, but they have the same initials on them. So this was someone's collection that they sold. And now I have it. And I really love that. Like that's, oh, that's, that's cool. kind of touching to me. So I'd like to think that in the future, someone might inherit my record collection and have the same experience, but we'll see. Uh, um, so I kind of like, I catalog everything I buy on Discogs, which is like a, a site for cataloging records and CDs and stuff. So last time I checked, uh, my collection's about 650 records on Discogs and then got about 700 CDs still. I just can't get rid of those. So, you know, I'm just, I just love physical yeah. media and I love listening to music at home. And that's the thing too. It's like, it's kind of weird. Like I don't stream music. I don't really listen to music 
when I'm at work, I don't, if I'm in the car, I'm usually listening to NPR. So like when I'm home, it's like when I can put a record on the turntable and have that experience be unique to that, you know, that media, that format. So that's really special to me. So, um, and I go saying you love music is pretty generic, but I kind of focus on specific genres. I love punk, punk rock and power pop, you know, indie college rock. So a lot of my collection is like 60s, 70s, 80s stuff. Nice. Plus newer stuff. I try to keep up on new stuff too, uh, of that same genre. <clears throat> and for the past year, I've done like a monthly vinyl night with a friend of mine where we just bring a crate of records from our collections to uh, a local uh, cider place here in town, play records for a couple hours for some free drinks. And it's just like, I just love that. Playing music for people, playing music that I love, being able to talk about it. So that's, it's my other passion other than comics, something I've loved since I was a kid. And now finally having the disposable income to, uh, fully enjoy it so that's awesome do you have like a like a holy grail record or like what is your most prized <laughs> possession as far yeah. as records go well again it's like i it's all sentimental value to me really like i have a few records that are kind of valuable but that's not as important to me as like maybe the story behind it or what the music mm-hmm. is to me you know what i mean like Absolutely. i remember one of the first record shows i went to and this is probably 2003 it's probably about 20 years ago i started kind of buying vinyl occasionally started like getting into it and then um mm-hmm. i go to these record shows or vendors would just have records for sale like you go to it's like a comic con basically but just records and i found a copy of the very first stooges album like stooges are you know classic oh. late 60s proto-punk band from michigan hugely important band to me one of my all-time favorite bands i found a copy of their first album it was like 16 bucks which in 2020 uh, 2003 dollars I guess, I don't know the conversion rate. It was a lot of money for me to just shell out for a record at the <laughs> yeah. time. I was like, this is before vinyl kind of like resurge in popularity. So you could buy a lot of records for a couple bucks used. So 16, I was like, all right, but I need to have this record. Uh, you know, last time I checked on Discogs, it's about $200 now. So it's like, it's, it's increased in value. So it speaks to me like, this is how long I've been doing this. And it's a record that is actually important to me. I love that music so much. And um, it's a unique pressing. So it's it's kind of like, checks with the boxes for a record that I could sell to make money. But again, it's, it's really important to me because it's such a great album yeah. and uh, I love it it's so much. It's such so. a good album. <laughs> I guess Heck the other yeah. thing is I love, there are records I've been searching for forever. I'm trying to find a copy of this Daryl Hall solo album that came out in 1980 uh, that was produced by Brian Eno called Sacred Songs. I can't find a copy of it anywhere. I know I oh, could man. go on eBay and buy a copy for like 20 bucks, but I want the experience of being in a record store and finding it, you know, in, you know, there in the, in the experience, they have the experience of finding it, uh, in, in that atmosphere. So that, and there's a Buck Owens live route record I can never find. So those are the top two, uh, white whales for me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. What else you got, Kate? What else? Uh, what's, what's up your sleeve? Um, I, have gotten pretty into video games lately. I mean, like I've kind of always been into games in general, board games, um, RPGs, things like that. But like recently, especially since, especially since COVID and being home, just me and Brian all of the time, you know, (laughs) it's, it's um, been pretty easy to just like hop on and play a video game. And I got really into um, Skyrim and then the Horizon video games, Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. And those are like both open world games where you're, where you're shooting things with bows and arrows and there's like an element of having to sneak around and investigate stuff. Um, but then I'm also into um, like city builder uh, simulation type 
games so like railway empire where you're building up the railway like in a in a historically like relevant setting and on the computer like you're like in the u.s and you have to connect certain cities um and the game is like before 1860 you have to get this many resources to this other city by rail and um or just cities and skylines uh um which is a city builder um and then and then right now i've gotten really into cozy grove on uh on steam which is i've i've had a lot of people tell me that it's like animal crossing like you you have an island and you have like these animal companions that you have to go to to like get resources and get like your jobs for the day and stuff but i but i never got into animal crossing like it just wasn't it was too cute for me. <laughs> Cozy Grove is also very cute, though. Like I can't. It's called Cozy this. Grove. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're a person who likes who likes Animal Crossing, check out Cozy Grove because it does. It is extremely similar, and I just don't know why I don't like Animal Crossing in comparison. But yeah, do either of you guys play any video games or board games? Oh, I I I love both. But uh, I just I haven't had the time to really sit and enjoy a good video game since I think the last one that I did was I can't remember which one came out last. I think it was Ghost of Tsushima was the last one that I just I was nonstop like my life shut off when I came home from work for a couple (laughs) weeks. And yeah, but and I, I, I grew up playing like RPGs like Final Fantasies, Chrono Trigger, like but a superhero like action games. I'm I was kind of all over the board for a long time with video games, but hmm. not as much anymore unfortunately. Life has gotten in the way. That's something I never got into. I mean, I the I had a Game Boy, like an OG first generation Game Boy when I was a kid. I loved Tetris and whatever Mario game was made for that. And there was like some Metroid game I remember playing that was so incredibly difficult i got so frustrated <laughs> playing metroid whatever game that was and that's about when i tapped out like video games were never a big thing for me so yeah on the other hand you know i'll anytime i see a galaga arcade game somewhere i'll, I'll pump a couple quarters in that and in the past few years i've gotten really into playing pinball like i love yeah i'm not very good at it it's, but it's one of those things like i know like if i did it more often i might be able to get good at it so sure i love going to a good pinball bar or a good pinball arcade that's got a bunch of tables and i can spend you know a couple 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 dollars and a couple hours just you know pumping yeah. quarters into machines and just trying to get better at it so there's a couple of places around here that do like that flat rate where you pay like seven or eight bucks you can play for an hour i love that kind of stuff so i love that i'm yeah. always a sucker for a good pinball arcade i think That's i cool. think it's so cool that those are coming back around that you can like yeah. any given city you can find one it seems like and it's really yeah. neat it used Heck to be yeah. such a niche thing mm-hmm. like yeah. records like records <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah do you guys have any like nerd bars in your areas like around here we have a couple shout out to jb love drafts that's the name of the the <laughs> brand around here but it's like these nerd bars where they have like certain tables have different video game systems set up that you can play while you're mm-hmm. hanging out and drinking and eating and and uh like we also have like arcades that you play it pay a flat rate for but i love yeah. I, I also i love that kind of stuff it's it's so cool to be able to go out with your friends, have a couple beers and just take turns playing Mario Kart or something like that, you know, out in public. 
It's a cool time. We've we've got Dave and Buster's, which is like a, a, a adult arcade. Like it's a full yeah, restaurant yeah. and bar with an arcade attached to it. Um, and I I know that I've been to like video game bars before, but not in Grand Rapids that I can think of. Yeah, there is. There's a couple good pinball places around here. There's the Pyramid Scheme. Shout out to them. That's like kind of like the big one here in town. A bunch of great pinball machines there that they always kind of rotate in and out. And then there's I've not been there, but I have some friends that really love it. There is a new place that is a bar, but it's all board games. Ooh, and so you can just go yeah. in and it's so busy. You have to basically make a reservation. So it's like, oh you know, it's very popular. So I've not wow. been able to go, but again, I'm not a big board game person, but in the right circumstance, maybe after a couple of drinks and I'll play some connect Four. I'll play some, uh, <laughs> some battleship. <laughs> I'm over here thinking, like, how many hours can I spend playing one giant board game before they kick you out? And you're like, connect four. <laughs> yeah, that's what game. I like. Yeah. You're like, yeah. let's start some Gloomhaven and just sit here yeah, for two exactly. days. Because <laughs> it'll take you a day to set up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, those are not quite my speed, as you can tell. So <laughs> what about you, Zach? Anything else uh, you want to mention here? Uh, well, I mean, since we were talking, like, board games, it's similar route uh i love mm. i love tabletop rpgs um like dungeons and dragons and stuff of that nature uh i i just love i love the creative aspects of it where i mm. i really dig into creating a character not so much the number crunching of creating a character because i could give a crap about that and a lot of times <laughs> i have people help me do that so i can get it done quickly because all i care about is like who is this character what is their background do i want to use an accent how am i going to change my voice because i never i never talk as zach when i make a character i don't want to be me like that's the whole point like i want to be a <laughs> character whatever character that is i try to find their voice and i really dig in on the role-playing aspects and if if like combat is going to happen, I like to try to find ways around it. That's more interesting to me is yeah. trying to <laughs> subvert the combat. And so, yeah, I love uh, like right now I'm in a I'm in my D&D group shifted away from D&D &D and we're using this game called Nemesis and we're doing like a Victorian era horror Ooh. RPG, which is fun. So I'm like playing a like a like a demon hunter working for the Catholic Church and it's pretty fun and uh and then I'm also like part of a hopefully it will become a podcast where that's what it, what we're trying to do is do an actual play podcast we're recording the episodes and it's uh using a game called Trail of Cthulhu which is similar actually to the other one it's like a eldritch horror kind of thing you know like the Lovecraftian stuff but yeah, yeah. I love I love tabletop RPGs I play or I have played quite a few of them also. I'm um, right now I'm I'm playing um a D and D game right right at the end of Dungeon of the Mad Mage, that pre written campaign. Oh, okay. And then I'm also in a Starfinder game. Um and we do both of them online with online tools. But nice. um we have Brian and I have so many in person resources to play D and D, and we haven't played D and D in person in so long. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to like find a group and keep it together and yeah. make everyone's schedules work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another thing I've never quite got into. I tried a few times, but uh, again, short attention span. You know, just yeah. can't quite can't quite make it work. I love I feel, hearing people talk about it though. It's, it's so fa it's so fascinating to me because again, it's something that I don't quite understand, but I, I just I love the sort of minutia that goes into it. So mm -hmm. it's always been kind of kind of appealing. 
Yeah, Zach, you you were saying that you get really into the character creation, character building part of it. I feel like there's a common theme through all of the things that I like that they're all character driven. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess in a lot of ways, me too. Like wrestling and RPGs and comic books and and books. Like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I, I, what I one thing that I love about TTRPGs is when you when you and your friends that you play with are talking to other people about the things, you're not talking about them as though you were sitting playing a game where you're like, then my character did this. It's we did this and then we yeah. went here and then we talked mm. to that person. You know, yeah. you, you get like if you've got a good group and you've got a good dungeon master or game master, the immersion is just the best part where yeah. you feel like you're really doing these things, even though you're just sitting sure. there eating chips. Yeah. And it's all theater of the mind stuff. <laughs> like we're all imagining mm-hmm. a slightly different version of the same story. And it's just <laughs> totally. like, it's so cool to think about. Like if you had a, I would love to see a bunch of artists play D and D and then draw what they think all of the characters and situations looked like and how different great. they would look. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I would, <laughs> I would, Man, if I had the money, I would pay someone to just listen to one of my group's games and then animate it. If yeah. I was rich, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Maybe I just have no imagination left. Maybe that's the other thing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, you know, so one other thing I want to mention, um, and again, it's, it seems so generic to say that I love movies, but that's the other thing I kind of like have been kind of passionate about. And like, you know, I've spent a lot of time, again, curating my physical media movie collection the past few years you know i every time barnes and noble has their half off criterion collection blu-ray sale i'll go hit that up grab a couple movies and again for me it's less about it's about that experience of like i'm going to sit down and enjoy this film you know criterion collection does a great job of you know preserving important films and like giving a lot of uh bonus features you know analysis and behind the scenes stuff so i've always been fascinated by filmmaking and I was very, very close to going to film school after high school. But again, the lack of imagination. I was like, I don't really have any stories to tell, but I love watching movies and finding out how they're made and reading behind the scenes stuff. So, you know, um, that's kind of been a passion of mine for a while. And I try to, again, curate my own little library that, who knows, maybe someday someone will find. I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy really loved David Lynch, apparently, because he has all (laughs) that stuff. And that's, again, the other thing that I'm, that's something I really enjoy is finding a, it's like, again, like comics, finding a creator and sort of watching their whole like oeuvre. Like, you know, I like to do that every once in a while. Like I'll go down, sit down, sit down, watch a bunch of Scorsese movies back to back or John Carpenter's one of my all time favorites. I love John Carpenter because it's like all of his movies kind of like they're never like the most highbrow stuff, but they're like way more complex than just the genre of stories, movies that they are. You know what I mean? Definitely. So like on a surface and, level, the thing looks like just this silly kind of cheaply made film but if you really Mm -hmm. pay attention to it it's such it's a masterpiece of horror yeah yeah everything about it is like so well thought out and well done and um i wrote like a 20 page term paper in grad school about escape from new york so i can talk about some john carpenter stuff i mean that's nice heck yeah (laughs) um but yeah i mean so that stuff i really love i love just kind of finding new stuff that way and i've gotten into habit now of going back to the theater at least once a week, especially if there's no one else there, find a nice weekday matinee or something and just enjoy a movie that way. Um, so yeah, it's something I've over the past few years gotten back into a little more passionately than usual. Speaking of David Lynch, I'm long overdue for a Twin Peaks rewatch. That's one of the main reasons I can't like 
get into newer TV because every time there's a new show I want to watch, I'm like in the middle of rewatching Twin Peaks for the <laughs> dozens, whatever, yeah. 20th time. So um, that's definitely something that I could definitely talk passionately about. Maybe again, that may be an episode, some a topic for another episode down the road. So crossover question from a couple of yeah. things we've been talking about. Are you as excited as I am for Iron Claw about the Von Erich family? Yes. That's a yes, wrestling yes. S- okay. spin around. Yeah. It's about this like really tragic story of this entire family in wrestling who were like the top of Texas wrestling and almost mm-hmm. all of them died tragically wow. in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> Except for I one thought- brother. There were like six brothers and one is yep. left. Jeez. One's still alive. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be a feel good movie to go see on Christmas yeah, Day. Sure By the time be. the episode comes, <laughs> I've already seen it. I know I'm going opening night for that one. I can't wait. Oh, me too. <laughs> Uh, Kate, is there anything else uh, on your list you want to mention before we uh, wrap it up here? Yeah, I feel similarly. <laughs> I feel like this is a very generic thing to say, but like I've gotten yeah. really into TV shows, and like like I've always watched TV. I've always mm-hmm. had like I've I've watched a lot of shows, but for the most part, TV has been like a background thing while I was like crafting, knitting, or. Or um, I used to make like chainmail, like the armor, not like the letters. Um, And um, so it was just something that was on in the background and I was I was sort of following it. Um, But at some point, I think like 2019, I started watching Korean TV, K-dramas like Netflix started Mm -hmm. making or picking up a lot of them. And um, and just having to like sit and read the show while it was happening and then you're also like watching like the the characters and the the scenery on screen and everything and then especially it being not in the u.s i was like i want to see how these like cities are set up or like how their nature is different um if they're in the country and stuff like that so i was like i was really watching tv for maybe the first time (laughs) like really (laughs) engaging with it and since then even if i'm watching something in english i i feel like i am engaging with it more like on a more analytical Mm -hmm. level maybe like how you watch movies paul um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the stuff that i watch i feel like i going back to it being very character driven like it could be a not great plot but if i like the characters um (laughs) i will be super into it um Mm -hmm. yeah so that's been a do you have a favorite show right now that you're watching so my favorite K-drama, my first K-drama and still my favorite K-drama is called Crash Landing on You. Um, and that, that one's on Netflix. And there's rumors that they're going to try to remake it for the U.S. But it's a very like it, it, it involves like North Korea and South Korea. There's like a like a star-crossed lovers romance going on as well as like a bunch of like intrigue and suspense and everything. And I'm like, how are you going to remake that uh, in the U.S.? <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. Is Korean like Korean film and and sh- and television has such a different sensibility than American does, and like mm-hmm. you can see it like with Old Boy, like something was severely lost in that American Old Boy remake, and I don't I can't explain it. I don't know what it right. is, but something yeah. was missing. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, at least based on the stuff that I have seen, which could just be what America American streaming services are picking up, but um, it feels like K dramas are much more like based in tropes and those tropes are much more like um uh expected and like honored rather than in the u.s i'm like oh no another american english show that's has the same plot and the same result and the same 
character dynamics and it's boring but somehow yeah. in korean tv they make it work again and again and again <laughs> and <laughs> it's kind of comforting i guess except yeah. that in korean tv you never know if it's going to end happy i feel like american audiences have an expectations that all of our shows end happy and like i'm one of them if i have a show that doesn't end happy i'm like ah, <laughs> never again well um kate i've got a show for you called twin peaks because that is <laughs> one of the least satisfying endings in yeah that's but, putting it mildly <laughs> but korean dramas tend to like a lot of them just end kind of bittersweet i'm like all right i guess this plot makes sense to the characters but it's not a happy ending <laughs> and it's, it's just kind of Fair refreshing enough. <laughs> well, you know, I want, I always like to find like a common thread between these discussions that we do. And like, I think what's interesting is like, you know, these are all things that we can kind of invest our attention into. And I know I'm as guilty of it as anybody else when I'm watching TV or even watching wrestling, I'm looking at my phone, but those moments where like you kind of stop and like really gravitate towards something and kind of invest in it either emotionally or intellectually. That's the stuff we're talking about. That's the stuff we're passionate about. And comics is one of them, but obviously we're, we contain multitudes as all sorts of things that we enjoy. So yeah, yeah. it's really nice Absolutely. to kind of get a little peek behind the curtain. And again, a lot of similarities, I think, but again, we all kind of like things for different reasons. And again, they're all could be enjoyed universally. So like if there's any recommendations that listeners have for things that you think we might like, send me a new punk band you'll enjoy or send, you know, a new video game recommendation to Kate. So like we can all kind of share this together. So thanks again for joining me uh, today, uh, Zach and Kate. It's a really fun conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Definitely. I'm glad you guys uh, were up for recording about our non-comic interests. (laughs) Well, you're in luck because we're going to do it again for the next episode. That's right. Next week, same, all three of us will be back again talking about some, uh, things that we enjoy that are not comics and also not media based are some of our hobbies that we like to do when we're not talking into microphones about comic books so until then you can check us out on instagram twitter tiktok discord and goodreads check us out on youtube we gotta get some uh, support over there everywhere you can find us at ircb podcast uh, you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash ircb podcast we post a bunch of bonus stuff over there you can also follow along for our regular updates you can do that for free but it'd be kind of nice if you signed up and gave us some money to uh, get the bonus stuff infinity shred is the best band in the universe they do all of our music xander traveled through the center of a black hole and survived uh thank you zach thank you kate for joining me today thank you mike for letting me fill in thank you for listening hope you had a wonderful holiday season until next time comics are good and so are you